I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Netflix's recently introduced ad-supported model may not be so popular with its customers. A Reuters report speculates that the video streaming service might just experience its slowest quarterly revenue growth. Although the verdict is yet to come out later today, experts claim that there hasn't been any sudden surge in subscriptions. According to estimates, Netflix might only have added 4.5 million users in Q4 of 2022. Apparently, it's the lowest number of additions since 2014. The issue is that although Netflix hoped that its basic with ads tier would draw in more users, customers don't think the subscription cost is low enough. Additionally, the $6.99 fee for ad-supported model does not include access to all the movies and TV shows. And not only is there a decline in subscriber growth, but Netflix does not anticipate having strong revenue results either. According to Refinitiv, the company's revenue is predicted to have increased by just 1.7% to $7.84 billion in the Q4 results. This figure would also represent the lowest revenue reported since the company's 2002 IPO. There is however hope that Netflix's bet on the ad-supported business model may succeed in the long run. According to a recent Smith-Geiger survey, users are currently taking their own speed time adjusting to this cheaper alternative. The survey's findings show that 19% of non-members stated that they were very or somewhat likely to sign up to the Disney Plus ad-supported tier, meanwhile only 6.5% of overall non-members plan to subscribe to Netflix. So now Netflix has got staunch competition even in the ad-supported streaming market from Amazon Prime and Disney Plus. But so far, customers are not exactly warming up to Netflix's new feature. In fact, Netflix significantly underachieved the ad-supported viewership promises made to advertisers last month. So much so that it was forced to request the advertisers to take back their money. All of this points to one thing though. Rising living costs, economic crisis, and looming recession so far have not had a significant impact on the streaming market. It in fact appears that consumers are willing to pay a premium for high-quality content and full access to all the titles. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with a food for thought. Hello, I'm Farheen Khan and this is the deep dive for 19th January 2023. The center has proposed some new rules to deal with the fake news menace in India but it is actually raising concerns instead of bringing in accolades. We'll tell you why. So, as per the new draft of amendments to the Information Technology Rules 2021, anything that is deemed as fake by the Press Information Bureau's fact-checking arm will have to be taken down from all social media platforms. This is the same draft that includes propositions for regulating the online gaming industry. We had done a deep dive on the gaming regulations in one of the previous episodes of the Signal Daily, and if you happen to miss it, please check out the link to the episode in our show notes. But coming back to what we were talking about, 
the IT ministry seems to have changed the scope of the amendments to include the new regulations to curb fake news. And digital right experts and fact-checkers are apprehensive over a range of issues. Firstly, the PIB or the Press Information Bureau is the central's nodal agency to share news about the government on behalf of the Indian government and its fact-checking unit, which is called PIB Fact-Check, which was launched in 2020 to verify news related to the government and its schemes and policies. Now, the IT ministry wants to make PIB Fact-Check a class monitor of sorts, but PIB itself has actually tweeted fake news sometimes. For instance, an Indian Express article points out that once PIB had flagged a genuine recruitment notice of the Intelligence Bureau as fake, and it was the publication's division of the Ministry of Information and Broadcasting that had to correct the agency. Another red flag is that when PIB marks a piece of news as misinformation, it does so without giving an explanation, unlike other fact checks, where, you know, there's detailed information on what is true and what is false and why it is so. And so, occasionally, it has ended up touting news articles that are critical of the government and its policies as fake news. And you know, if this amendment becomes law, then it basically means censorship in another name. The government will dictate what is fake news and what's not. And if it considers something to be fake news, then intermediaries, meaning social media platforms, telecom service providers, search engines, news media, or basically any entity that facilitates flow of data on the internet, will have no choice but to take down that information. I mean, do we have a fake news problem in the country? Yes, but does the proposal set a good precedent? Not at all. Such laws, which bring bureaucratic judgment into play, can be misused to thwart free speech and free media in the guise of curbing fake news. And look, previously we've had instances of social media platforms suspending certain accounts that were simply critical of the government. Twitter removed more than 50 tweets criticizing the government's handling of the coronavirus pandemic at the center's behest in 2021. That same year, around 500 accounts, including those of news outlets that linked to news relating to farmers' protests, were suspended. What also doesn't help is the fact that often elected leaders and ministers themselves have peddled fake news without owning responsibility. We spoke to Prateek Vagre, policy director at Internet Freedom Foundation, who said that this last-minute edition coming up on 17th January ends up making this whole consultation process rather ineffective. On the deadline day of an ongoing consultation process for proposed amendment to the IT rules 2021, which were pertaining to online gaming intermediaries, the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology has pulled off a bait and switch. Now, there are two broad areas of concern here, uh, the process and the proposed change itself. First, the process. Uh, these revised amendments were issued on January 17th, which itself was the final day to submit comments on a set of amendments pertaining to online gaming intermediaries which were themselves issued on 2nd January. So you already had a short consultation time frame to begin with, which was just two weeks. But this change also now significantly expands the scope of stakeholders impacted, many of whom now even have a shorter time frame to respond till effectively from 18 to 25th January. The ad hoc or piecemeal introduction of amendments affects trust in the process. Many stakeholders would already have submitted their comments. Uh, and this comes at a time when the union government has introduced a new standard operating procedure of sorts in consultation processes where they state upfront that responses will not be put out publicly. Uh, and also at a time where we await a digital India bill for which we do not have a clear, specific, detailed vision 
being articulated Pratik Vagre also further tells us about how this amendment will lead to misuse Now it's worth noting that the terms fake false have not been defined this is relevant because many scholars academics have pointed out definitional or framing issues with terms like fake news false information and more recently even terms like misinformation and disinformation the likely result is that vagueness will lead to misuse or selective use and once that happens it could affect the publication and subsequent availability of news or information especially if it's something that is being denied by or is inconvenient for the union government fact checks by pib or a union government agency are not content takedown orders but this amendment tries to do that essentially expanding the scope of section 69a of the it act which is something that needs parliamentary act it's also inconsistent with the supreme court's ruling in shreya singhal versus union of india which upheld section 69a but also required compliance with procedural safeguards So are the proposed rules really helpful for curbing fake news? We are not so sure about that. If you like listening to the Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast, so feel free to shoot an email at hello@thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Manaswini and Shorbhuri, edited by Dinesh Narayan, mastered and mixed by Prasenjit Das. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.